This episode is brought to you by Top 4. You'll never guess what your friends are into. Play for free at top4.io. So yeah, I'm Tessie. I have known Harrison since preschool. We were preschool sweethearts, um, so good friends. And I am going to talk today about international travel on a budget and how to make it work without breaking the bank. Welcome to I Could Go On, the show in which I interview the people I know about the things that they're passionate about. I'm your host, Harrison Stample. Today, I learn affordable ways to leave the country from my friend Tessie, who loves to travel abroad without breaking the bank. I could go on. So why did you pick this topic? Um, well, I, I picked this topic because this is something I um, recently switched jobs, but I used to work in schools for years and years and years. And during spring breaks and winter breaks, I've always gone somewhere out of the country and done pretty cool trips all internationally. And my teacher friends, when I come back, would always be like, I don't get how you're making it work. We're making the same salary, which isn't that much. And we don't know how you're doing it with student loans and all of that stuff. And you're still being able to go on all these really cool trips. And I would start to tell them like some of the tricks that I've been doing to be able to make this work. Um, Like in the past four years, I've gone to I've done international travel eight times. So I've been out of the country um, eight times in the last four years on like a pretty measly social work salary. (laughs) And so I love love traveling and I want people to be able to do it. And so I love talking about like ways that anyone could be able to do that. Yeah. So where were those eight places? Do you want to run through just like the list of where, where they were? Yeah, so I've been, and you'll notice that there is a theme in the places that I've okay. been, which is one of my, which is one of my tips and tricks. <laughs> but um, I recommend just traveling to Central and South America to as your one number one um, helpful trick there. I thought you were going to be like, my theme is to just follow Dave Matthews on tour, and wherever he's performing, <laughs> I go there, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all I do, and you yeah. two can make that work. Yeah. Um, no, so I have been to. Um, Mexico three times in the last four years. I've been to Argentina twice. My I have family there, so I always try to make that work too. Um, and then I've been to um, Nicaragua, Ecuador, and the Galapagos Islands, um, and Peru. So that's those are the trips I've done in the last all, all of that in the last four years. That's that's amazing. Um, I know that your husband, Jack, was my first guest on the show, and his topic was how people waste money. Do you think it's kind of funny that that's something that you both feel passionate about is uh, ways to do these things uh, in economically friendly ways? Well, so I'm actually going to bring up Jack, my husband, a lot on this podcast because he helped me with a lot of these tricks also. He um, gave me a lot of pointers and that has made it work for us because he also would never just willy-nilly spend a bunch of money to go on all these trips to convince him to come we've had to really we've had to make it fit in our budget and and really not spend too much or else he would never he would never go for it that's great um so yeah um but like like for example one of the like number one tips that i have told everyone that jack introduced me to was um every single year jack and i churn and burn credit cards to get points (laughs) 
<laughs> and a lot of people, I think, are really hesitant about that. But we do it. Like, has not messed up our credit. We um, uh, we follow. There's a um, the the points guy online, and so you can just Google the points guy best credit cards. And every year, he writes these blogs about the best credit cards to get for that year for different points that you're saving up. And so we always look at the travel, like the best ones for traveling that um, get you a bunch of airfare miles. And so number one tip is we have never paid for our flights. They are all through credit card points. And you do this every year, a new credit card? Every year we get a new credit card. We both get the same one with sign up points, right? So like as long as you spend let's say $3,000 in the first four months, you'll get 70,000 points. And a flight, a round trip ticket to Peru is like 70,000 points if you get them on the right days. So that's, that's one big tip. Um, and we've done it again. I've done We've been doing this for five years now. And there's some ways to make that work, though. You have to be very good about paying off your credit card. Like, don't let it, you know, like, be smart about it. And um, and when we do, when we get a new one, and we always cancel it the next year, <laughs> as long as you, you have to, for it to not ruin your credit, though, you have to make sure that you're keeping one credit card that's your oldest one and, re- and keep that one. So you keep one credit that card that you always have and then the yep. other ones you just will cancel after one year. I only have one credit card. So I would just be adding a second credit card and canceling it after one year. And this would be my travel credit card. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And when you get your new credit card uh, to, for us to hit that minimum to get the points, you transfer every, all of your bills, all of your spending. We only use that credit card. Gotcha. So then what is the old credit card even doing? Just staying in your name and not being used? Yeah, I my oldest credit card, it is connected to my Spotify account and that's it. I don't have it in my <laughs> wallet. It's under my bed and it's charged $10.99 or whatever Spotify is every month. And that's that. Um, that's all I use it for. And then I put all of my spending, everything on the travel credit card. And so that is how we have, because a lot of times those flights can be the most expensive part of a trip. Um, So people could be spending, you know, uh, for example, like Argentina, a round trip ticket to Argentina can be $1,200. That's a ton of money. Um, And we will, most of our credit cards for to go to Argentina, it's like a hundred thousand points or maybe more. And maybe we'll get up to like 80,000 points in a year. And then you can do things where you just buy your extra miles. So I'll spend like $300 to go round trip to Argentina instead of. This might be a dumb question, but why is it beneficial to cancel each year? Is it just because new credit cards are coming out with better points or is it just like <laughs> your first year is the best points that you can get? Like why? No, the reason that we cancel is because Jack would he hates the yearly fees it's a waste of money and you don't need the yearly (laughs) fees because most of the credit cards that you can get the ones that the points guy recommends are ones that the first year is waived so you never again you really wanted to be a 
make it work for you and be the best thing for your buck. So we cancel it before, because that's like a hundred dollar yeah. fee every year. So we cancel them so we don't get the hundred dollar fee. I would like all of my listeners to re-listen to Jack's episode of my podcast after this, because I was basically trying to pull any tip for saving money out of him. And he gave me nothing. He was sitting on this information. Just there we there go. Oh saying, yeah. People waste money. More. It's not my job to give tips. People just waste money. So, okay. What other tips do you guys do to reduce costs when you travel? Okay. Other tips. So I also loved when I thinking about other tips, I, the, your episode on with your friend, Julie on traveling solo, she gives some good tips about like, you can also look up, use Hopper and different sites like that to find um, cheap flights. And I'll often to get good points, you want to look for cheaper flights because it'll also mean that it's less points. So you can, you know, get flights that um, your, your points can go farther too. So that's a great trip and everyone should listen to that one. It, it has some good tips there too. Um, and then we always do like, I mean, Julia also mentioned this, but staying Airbnb. Um, but another big tip is to, I, I really do think you need to do a lot of research on the front end to make it, to find the things and the places that you still want to go that are interesting and you know, exotic and unique, and you can do these things without spending a lot of money if you do a lot of research. So for example, going to the Galapagos Islands, I never thought I'd be able to afford that. When you hear about people going to the Galapagos and you even do like a quick Google search, people, you would think that the only way to do the the Galapagos is to do a $4,000 like boat tour, like a Mm. cruise that goes there. My parents were going to do that in March, but it got canceled because of coronavirus. (laughs) And I bet it was so, they were probably going to spend a lot of money on those. The the cruises are insanely expensive. I could never afford to do that. Um, But if you, again, do enough Googling, there's a ton of people who are writing blog posts and write articles about how they did the Galapagos Islands on a really cheap budget. Because actually when you're there, it's not that expensive and you can stay on the islands and you can just kind of do island hops where you pay 20 bucks and it can get you to the other little island and then you're there and you explore it and you spend nothing on food and you just get to enjoy the Galapagos without spending. Yeah, it's just finding the way to get from the each island and you can do find that just by doing a little bit of research on the front end. Exactly. So it took, we did a lot of research for that trip, but then we were able to spend a week and a half in the Galapagos Islands without spending more than a thousand dollars. Would you ever consider selling your trip itineraries since you've already done the research? Like you put the work in, now that has value to someone else. I, when I was um, really miserable at my job last year and thinking about a new career, one of my friends, Ashley, was like, "You should just start a a company that sells your trip ideas." And so she had brought that up. I would love to do that. That sounds so fun. Pretty smart. I love planning trips. Um, And same thing with um, my mom and I did a backpacking trip in to in in Peru, we went to Machu Picchu. And again, some of those you can spend a ton of money to do these guided excursions. But if you just do a little bit of digging and reach out to other people who have done it and combine different people's tips, we were able to find this company that does it's through like the back end of the trail going into Machu Picchu that isn't as popular. It's called the Salcante Trek. And it was unbelievable. It was five days for $400 and it included everything. They, we had experienced guides. They cooked all of our meals. They did, set up everything. And we did that for $400 for the whole week. 
whereas to compare a trip like that would probably be thousands of dollars if you did the like the the more mainstream trip i've seen them to like to go up to a thousand or more if you do more of the kind of you know luxury ones so again lots of research on the front end and then other little things we do i love travel books like lonely planet i'll get a bunch of those travel books because it'll give you um it'll kind of break down a list of different restaurants that you can go to that are still highly recommended, but it'll say like just $1 sign. So Jack and I always, before a trip, when we're going to be in a town, we'll look up the books and circle all the $1 sign activities <laughs> and, and $1 sign restaurants. And then we'll take like a picture of it, screenshot it so it's on our phone. And we will just know to keep that in our minds and we end up, the places usually are like well vetted and they're awesome and they're really cheap. You don't need to go and travel to Peru and go to like the most expensive restaurant. You're gonna have the, our favorite meals when we've traveled have been the recommended ones that are like in a little hut on the side of the road that cost a dollar and it's like the best, you know. Well, you have to eat no matter what, like you're gonna have to eat three meals a day. So it makes sense that as opposed to just scouring, you could find yourself really hungry and the first place you see is way too like expensive, but you end up just spending it anyway because you need to eat. Whereas if you do the research ahead of time and you actually circle those $1 sign places, you keep your, keep your costs low. Exactly. So we do that. I mean, you should see our travel books. They're all anything with $1 it's circled and highlighted <laughs> and that's where we go. And it's that's great. great. Um, we... I'm trying to think, oh, the other big thing, big tip, which has helped me a ton, is starting a savings account specifically for travel. And so I will, I actually just started um, a new savings account that I really love. It's called Capital. And what they do, it's an app that you can get. It's Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. Um, Quapital. Quapital, pretty much, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, and... With that savings account, you can, it's all through the app. You can connect your credit cards and your checking account to it and then set up little rules. So for the past year, for example, I've only put two rules on it where every time I spend on my credit card, it rounds up to the nearest, to the next $2. And then every two weeks, it takes out $25 from my checking account. So that's it. I set those two rules and I've saved almost $4,000 in a year. Wow. And that's just, and, and I have not, I'm telling you, I have not like, I don't like miss the money. I haven't thought about it. I completely just set the rules and forget about it. And then I look in my capital travel savings account with those two rules that I set and I save $4,000, which is enough for Jack and I to probably take, we could do three international trips with and this is a, this is accumulating interest and everything like that while it's in the capital yep. account. So it's better yep. than just putting a jar on your fridge like I've done and just putting a quarter in there every day. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> okay, I like just it better. Sure. Good. I like it better. And this is capital is not paying me to say this. I just really <laughs> have loved my capital app experience. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's awesome. Are there other are there other apps or resources that you've like that you do want to plug that places things that things that have helped you with trip planning or saving money? Um, well, just I mean, really like again the research. I'll just Google like Nicaragua budget traveling, and there's tons of articles. So that's like one thing, and then the books. Um, and but before the Capital app was newer, but I was doing like travel savings before, and you can also if you don't get that app just you know, say like, I'm going to save 25 bucks a week and put it in, you, you could put it in your jar on top yeah. of the refrigerator <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that will add up. And that can be once you 
get up to a thousand dollars, that's your trip money. And just make a, again, to be really intentional. If you want to travel, it will take some planning and some saving, but you can a hundred percent do it without breaking the bank. I've heard a lot of people saying that they find themselves saving a lot of money right now because they're unable to go out and like spend money at bars or restaurants like they normally would. And I imagine that in the, in, in the next year when these uh, restrictions are lifted, I bet people are going to have much bigger travel budgets. Uh, so this is great that now they know how to make their money go further. <laughs> exactly. Uh, make the money go further. The other thing too, so one of, with my theme of being in Central and South America, I also think, um, uh, and this is me being kind of presumptuous, but I, so I speak Spanish. So I also am aware that it might be a little bit easier for me and seem okay to go to Central and South American places because I can get around. But, and and so it might deter other people from going to Central and South America. Um, but I'm also just putting a huge plug to travel to Central and South America because from the United States, there's rarely any time change. Again, the flights are so much cheaper. And when you're there, it's so much cheaper to get around places, to stay places compared to like, let's say Europe or, you know, like going to Italy, which is also awesome. I would, I would love to do those trips too. But if, again, you're wanting to still, you have that travel itch and you want to get out and go to someplace that feels really different and new and exciting, you can do that in so many. Yeah. Which have been, which have been some of your favorite places that you visited down there? Um, well, I, like all of them, we, I love Mexico because it's so close. The flights are so cheap. We can get round trip tickets to Mexico city. I love Mexico city for, it's like a two and a half hour flight from Chicago, nonstop $200. And when you're there, you'll have just the best food ever for nothing. Um, but I've also, I've loved Nicaragua. That's been like my favorite. That was one of my favorite vacations Jack and I've ever taken. And um, and where did you go in Nicaragua? We went to, so we spent, um, and actually backtrack a little bit for that trip when we were planning to go to Nicaragua before that we were wanting to go to Costa Rica cause we were really wanting like a very adventurous, um, vacation. And we thought I had never been to Costa Rica and that seemed very, you know, like volcanoes and jungle. And we wanted to do that. And we started planning it. And one of Jack's coworkers was like, oh, you want to go to Costa Rica? Don't. And instead go to Nicaragua. It's the same, just as beautiful and so much less expensive. And just like so much more of an authentic experience is what he thought also. And um, we're so glad that we got that advice because Nicaragua was unbelievable. It was so beautiful. We went to um, a place called Ometepe, which is an island on a big um, freshwater lake that's in the middle of the country. And it is like Jurassic Park, paradise, beautiful. I think you've actually been there. We had yeah, my about senior the- year of college, spring break, my uh, <laughs> my housemates and I did that. And I remember doing the hike up the volcano. This was obviously senior year, so we were you know partying it up. And I think we were all pretty hungover for that hike and all regretted it. <laughs> but it was beautiful, I agree. It was a beautiful place. Our, I think we stayed at a hostel with all these hammocks on the porch and yeah, it was just an amazing experience. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, we stayed at an Airbnb that was so, the accommodations were so nice. We were in like a king bed, which was big for staying in a um, South or Central American country. Um, really nice amenities. It was this one house on this huge organic farm with the view of the volcano. And it was like $32 a night. Just so cheap and so amazing. Um, and 
a really beautiful experience. And then we actually um, went from Ometepe to an island called Little Corn Island, um, which is an island in the Caribbean um, off the coast of Nicaragua. And um, it's an island that where there's no cars allowed. So you have to like take a little plane to another island and then a little boat from that island to Little Corn Island. Um, and it was amazing. And again, something that sounds like, oh, I could only do that if I have all this money, but you really could. We found really cheap flights. The boat rides weren't that bad. And then you're there and it doesn't cost a lot to just sit on a beach and read and go on hikes and enjoy the nature. It sounds like you and Jack really love that part of trips too, like the outdoorsiness, the adventure. Is that true? Or have you been on those trips where you're in the city mostly? Like Mexico City, I imagine, is more in line with being in the city culture than exploring nature, right? Yeah, yeah. We we definitely lean more on the naturey ones, which is, again, keeps your cheap, your trips pretty affordable when like, again, hiking is free. So <laughs> yeah, I love nice. the tip that you gave me recently about hip camp, which is mostly here in the States, right? But it's the Airbnb for campsites. Yes. Love hip camp. That's another plug for hip camp, which I'll just bring up though. But hip camp is, uh, it's like Airbnb for private campsites, which is great for coronavirus time. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. And when you go to Argentina to visit your family, what type of uh, activities are you doing there? So there, I, I will say, so Argentina could, because of the flights and it's farther and um, although it's still like the cost of living is much more affordable, Argentina could get a little pricey. I'm, I'm able to do that a little bit more because I'm staying with family and it's free. And so I, I will acknowledge that that's a little easier for me to do on a budget. But when I'm there, um, my family lives, um, most of them live in a um, like a little mountain town called La Falda and there's not too much to do. And so it's a lot of just family hanging out and taking little hikes into the mountains and eating a lot of grilled meats. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. So that's what we do when we go there. But Jack and I also recently went to Patagonia. Um, on a, We kind of, at the end of a, a trip to go visit family, Jack was able to see um, some aunts and uncles that he's never met before that have lived there. Um, and then we went to Patagonia. Um, and that was pretty incredible. Are there places to stay in Patagonia if like you don't have relatives? Like is there, are there Airbnbs in that region or would it mostly just be reaching out to like local hostels and areas like that? No, definitely. So the, you, you have to fly to El, if you're on the Argentinian side of Patagonia, you have to fly to El Calafate. And sometimes those flights can be a little pricey. It's like maybe from Buenos Aires, the round trip ticket, from Buenos Aires, which is the main city that you'd probably fly into when flying into Argentina from the States. Um, that could be like 400 bucks round trip to get, get to Patagonia. Um, and when you're in Patagonia, it's the restaurant prices because it's so remote, the food prices are kind of hiked up a little bit, but we stayed in an Airbnb that was pretty affordable. It was maybe, um, I think it was like $70 a night, which isn't, terrible um and again there you really the the only thing you can do in patagonia in like el chalten or el calafate is going on hikes 
So if you don't like hikes, that's not where you want to be. <laughs> yes, no, a hundred percent. If you do not like to walk, don't go there. <laughs> um, but if you love to see the most beautiful landscapes you'll ever see in your life and just hike. So again, it kind of makes it, there's, you have to spend a little bit on the flights, but then once you're there, we spent no money other than food. And we even still tried to make that affordable for us. We did a lot of like, we'd grab stuff to make sandwiches and take those on our hikes for our lunches um, or cook a lot during for dinners. Um, Cause we weren't going to Patagonia for the food. We were going there to see it. So we didn't feel as bad missing out on the restaurant experiences. That's right. We hadn't talked too much about cooking your own food, but that obviously that I never think to do that enough when I'm traveling, but that is a great way to save money. If you buy groceries, you know, live like you were at home, like that's how we save money in our day to day. Why not do that on a trip? Exactly. Absolutely. We'll do that a lot, especially for like breakfasts and lunches. Like you can easily pack some sandwiches, get a breakfast bar. Like, and again, we don't really feel like we're missing out too much. Well, I know we only have a few minutes left here. Are there anything else that you wanted to share in this conversation that we didn't get around to? Any other tips about traveling on a budget or anything else about Central and South America that you really love that you want to highlight? Well, one more thing too about the going to Central and South America, you do not need to speak Spanish to go there and get around. There are, first of all, a lot of people will speak a little bit of English so you can get by. I also encourage everyone to like step out of their comfort zone and maybe take a few lessons before, try to learn a little bit of the language. But also the, um, I don't know if many people know this, but the Google Translate app actually now can, I think it's, been like this for a while, but even without, once you have the app without Wi-Fi or anything, you can open up the app and hover it over text and it will change it in real time to the, to English. Um, so I'll even still sometimes take that because in different countries, like some of the menu items, I won't know, and you just scan it over and that can help you get up by a ton with signs, menus, um, you can type it in and it will translate and Google translate has gotten very good as a native Spanish speaker, I will still sometimes use Google Translate if I'm just trying to translate a paragraph really quickly um, and don't want to think about it too much. And it's like, it is very good. So use Google Translate. The app is awesome for if you're traveling to Central and South American countries or anywhere where they speak Spanish. Yeah, that's my other tip. I think those are a lot of the tips though, but I could go on about this forever. I love well, that's, that's the goal. Traveling. <laughs> yeah. um, and if anybody ever wants to call, especially during these quarantine times, it's fun to, we can't really go anywhere. So it's nice to like talk about it and fantasize about our next trip. So perfect. I'll put your phone number in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, maybe thanks, not. But... I really do appreciate this. Hopefully, I mean, it would be really fun to go on a trip with you and Jack. I think I would save a lot of money and uh, have a lot of laughs. So that'd yes. be a ton of fun. Right. Thanks so much, Harrison. This is great. Thanks again to Tessie for being on the show and to my dad, Neil Stammel, for the theme music. <laughs>